Amzamash's personal reports, where I narrate and discuss some of our more recent and past cryptid and unexplained sightings and encounters submitted to Phantoms of Monsters. I will also detail current and past investigations. So thanks for joining me. Um, the Phantoms of Monsters radio channel is made possible by you clicking the subscribe button and by you sharing our programming. Uh, super chat and super thanks donations are appreciated. And the uh, buy me a coffee link and banner are also shown below. So thanks for your consideration. So, uh, oh, first of all, I want to thank everybody for all their uh, their kind kind regards as far as me and the surgery and the recovery and everything I went through the past two, three weeks. So I appreciate all that. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been a different experience, believe me. So anyway, we're going to start off tonight with where a Miami, Florida resident had a sudden encounter with a red-eyed winged reptilian that was perched in a large tree on their property. And so, um, you know, I was contacted by this woman in the town square community of Miami back in uh, October 23rd of this year. Uh, she had found my ad on Google while searching for information on Mothman. Uh, she had stated that she had always had an affinity for Mothman phenomena. And uh, especially after she watched the Pro Mothman Prophecies film when she was a child. You know, and I have heard that before. There, there seems to be a, a lot of connections between that film and what people have later on with encounters. And because of her preoccupation with the series of events documented by John Keel, I, I believe that she may have somehow unconsciously summoned this winged humanoid being. Well, anyway, she, she tells me that in 2013, she experienced traumatic personal events in her life, including the loss of her parents. So one day, also in 2013, while at home and standing by her boat in the driveway, she was drawn to the large tree on her property. Now, she looked up into the, the foliage. She uh, noticed something perched on a large bough of the tree. And while staring at this unknown being, her first thought was that it resembled a crouching reptilian humanoid with red eyes that seemed to project bright red light. Now, she uh, continued to watch the crouching humanoid and then noticed that uh, there were gargoyle-like wings attached to its back. The, uh, the being was thin in body and dark in color, though it was hard to make out uh, the hue since it was in the shadows. Uh, the humanoid seemed to be looking back at her the entire time. Now, not knowing what to do and remembering that she had always wanted to see her encounter a Mothman, she attempted to communicate with it psychically. In her mind, she projected to it, why are you talk not talking to me? And in that instance, the winged humanite unfurled its wings, which were approximately eight foot in total wingspan, and literally transformed from a corporeal being into a smattering of tiny colored particles. Then it completely disappeared. Uh, from her description, I believe that this may have been an ultra-terrestrial entity that kind of moved into a portal. Now, her sighting and experience lasted for approximately three minutes. Now, this witness 
you know, I, she gave me some of the background and her background and such. She's state licensed professional in her field of work. Uh, and she provided her background and other information that I also verified. Um, and of course, all of her personal information will remain confidential. But we have talked, we have talked since then several times. And um, uh, I, I do believe she did encounter something. So that was, that was quite interesting and not really a lot different than what we've been having reported to us in the Chicago area. So, uh, I mean, is it a similar type being or ultra terrestrial or whatever? I don't know. I think it's very possible. Uh, so, um, yeah, if anybody's got any questions, look, you know, if you want to, if you want to ask me any questions during the show or, um, at the end of me reading, uh, these events and these reports, uh, we can do that. So anyway, the next instance was where a Floridian described the encounter that he and his mother had with a large skunk ape when he was a boy living near Green Swamp in Polk County, Florida. The beast had mutilated and killed a calf. Now, the Green Swamp area, um, it, it, that area is well known for swamp ape activity. Uh, we, we've had a lot of reports over the years. Uh, we had a former investigator who lived not far from there and was in that, that area a lot. And she had also had a lot of reports submitted to her. Well, anyway, the witness states that as a native Floridian and avid hunter growing up, I've seen and have heard lots of things in the woods around our great state. Now, some things were easy to understand and other things were just not explainable. Anyway, this is my and my mother's story. I had her proofread this before sending it to make sure I remembered it correctly. It was the fall of 1976. I was five years old. My mother and I lived in Kathleen, Florida, on the edge of Green Swamp. Now, back then, it was a dirt road, and there were only a couple houses on the road, and a relatively new trailer park at the end of it. We had we had to drive a little less than half a mile back down our trail of a, of a driveway to get to our home. Uh, it was an old wood frame home that was over 100 years old. We had an artesian well pump into the kitchen, and for the first few months we lived we lived there. We had to heat the water on a gas stove and have to have a hot bath. Um, this was an old cracker house on blocks and had a front porch that used to I used to play under all the time. The roof of the porch was on a pitch, and the edge was over the wooden stairs. It measures seven foot six from the ground to the roof line. So it was nearly dusk uh, when my mom and I were coming down the drive in her VW bus. She had lights on high to spot any deer that might be on the property. And as we rounded the curve in the driveway and the lights shined on the house, that's when we both saw it. And it was big and broad and looked directly at her car. Now, I'm not going to tell you it had big red eyes. The eye shine that I saw for only a split second was golden. It turned and walked down the side of the house between the cow pasture fence and the house. My mom hit the gas and went her 
around the great oak tree that was at the corner of the porch. She got around the side of the house and we saw nothing. She grabbed the 38 revolver and jumped out of the car telling me to lock the doors. A uh, little good that would have done looking back at it though. So when the car, uh, with the car uh, headlights uh, shining and my mom at the fence line, she stood and stayed quiet. Our hunting dogs that were in their kennels were whimpering. They normally barked at anything when we came home. Not this night. They were scared. Uh, there's, and there's more to that story. Uh, the next day, we looked for prints. The porch and the uh, oak tree size is relative, relevant because it's what we used to size up our, our guests. Uh, the creature was standing next to our porch, and his head was just under the edge of the roof, uh, seven foot six at the edge of the overhang. So now, being older and having a firm grasp on measurement, I'm guessing this thing was seven foot tall. It was uh, nearly as thick or wide as the great oak tree, and based on what our landlord later told us, it was about 90 years old. Uh we had cows and hunting dogs. We even had a calf that was about 400 pounds or so that I would hand feed and had bottle fed because my mo it, its mother had died shortly after birthing. Anyway, my mom was calling the calf to get him to come to the fence, and it wouldn't come. She called again. There was nothing. Just silence. And all of a sudden, we heard the most god-awful scream from what we thought was the calf, and then nothing. So this whole time, I'm in the car. The door's locked and the windows cracked so I could hear. My mom ran back to the car. I opened the door and she backed us out of there quick and went to her girlfriend's house who lived about a half hour away. Mom was rattled. She talked the whole way. Did you see it? Yes, Mom, I saw it. It was big and hairy. Did you hear the calf? She asked. Mom, I did. You think it's dead, Mama? Do you, do you smell it? She slammed on the brakes and, and nearly put me into the dash. You could smell it too? Yeah, it stunk bad, worse than the dogs. Uh, we got to my mom's friend's house, and she got on the phone with Mr. Goldsby. He was the landlord. She nervously told him what had happened. But she nearly dropped the phone. He said it was a skunk ape. It's been around for years, and he said the damn thing stinks too. Well. The next day, we went home and met with Mr. Goldsby. Uh, he came to the house to see if he could find anything. Uh, we found footprints right by the porch where it stood when we saw it. Uh, we measured them, and they were just over 15 inches long. Several tracks led to the fence, and these tracks had nearly a 60-inch stride in between. So Mom and Mr. Goldsby went to the cow pasture. She wouldn't let me come because there was a lot of dog fennel growing around and some palmetto patches. They found the calf, though. It was dead, and its neck and head had been pulled up and backward to where its spine was pulled up past his shoulders and broken. Now, Mom said there was a lot of blood around you. My mom asked Mr. Goldsby why he didn't tell us about this before, about, you know, skunk ape being around. He simply said he was so used to it coming around and not bothering anything that he didn't think he needed to. So uh, in the end, he said that we moved two weeks later because he weren't going to stay there. Um, 
you know, I've heard a lot of stories about Skunk Ape. Very rarely do do you get a, a case where these things have caused any type of problems. Uh, they seem to be pretty docile for the most part. Uh, now, there's several areas within, uh, especially Western Florida, Southwest Florida, where these things congregate at. Now, the Green Swamp is kind of north of, uh, if I remember right, just north of Orlando uh, and a bit away from Ocala. So, but Ocala's got several, got skunk apes and other Bigfoot in there as well. So, uh, but moving closer to St. Petersburg and Tampa, as you get into uh, uh, Malacca State Forest and all, they're pretty thick in there. And they've been seen a lot. So this, this next um, report, a former resident of Madera, Pennsylvania, detailed a sighting that she and her son had near the town in, two, in 2017. Now, this is not the first sighting or encounter with these cryptid quadrupeds. I received the report on October 25th of this year. Now, she said, my son came across this by chance this morning while listening to stories on his phone. And he was talking about one of the cases that I had talked about earlier in Madera. Uh, he was taken aback when he heard the name of the town of Madera, Pennsylvania, which is in Clearfield County. Uh, I heard it mentioned uh, because I also grew up in Madera. I'd never really heard any serious stories about strange things in the woods, and we were always in those woods. It was truly creepy at night, though. Uh, none of us ventured into the woods at night, and it always felt like something was out there watching. We usually didn't go anywhere alone, not even to the neighbor's house. It was kind of unspoken understanding. I had eventually married and moved to another part of the state, and my sons were grown. My sons also loved Madeira and roaming the woods there. We visited often. And my youngest son and I had planned to drive up to visit my sister and her family, who had remained living in Madera. It's a quiet, beautiful little town where everyone knows everyone else, and, and the neighbors help neighbors. So here's her encounter. So she said, my son and I were near home when we saw it crossing the road. It was huge. It had a massive dog-like head, and my son swears it looked like it had a lion's mane. The shoulders were very large and muscular, and the back end was almost deer-like. It looked like it had dark fur, but darker fur in places that resembled kind of stripes or large spots. It also had a very long tail. Now, my son and I disagree on a few details, but the size, head, tail, and black patches we both agree on. And neither of us had ever seen anything like it before or since. Now, we got to the spot where we had seen it, and it was long gone. I swear it crossed that road in just one giant leap, and it was halfway up the embankment where they hit the ground running. And when I got to my sister's house, we told them what we had seen, and of course, they didn't believe us. They said it was probably a big dog or a bear. We know what we saw, and we didn't, you know, we still don't know what it was, but it was something we'd never forget. Uh, that was in 2017. Now we keep our eyes open every time we go home. Uh, it wasn't a dog, man, but it was some kind of beast, and it ran on all fours. 
awful wonder how many other people have seen it. Now, it's interesting. This witness uh, was talking about a case that happened in Clearfield County, which is about oh, at least 200 miles from me. And she just happened to live down the road from me here uh, outside of uh, McCherrystown. She lives in Hanover. So uh, it was interesting when I found that out. But anyway, she did send me an update. And uh, and I talked to her. Well, she talked to me about it. And she said the route was 253, she believes, a route from Viola to Ramey, close to the Ramey side. Um, it was in a big dip with the hill coming down and then back up. And like I said before, this wasn't the the only sighting of this quadruped, uh, like the dog-headed quadruped that... Um, one of our investigators, Ryan Cavallini, lives up there in Clearfield, so he's looking into all this, see if there have been other sightings. But um, I don't know what this is. The previous sighting that I had received was from the 1970s where this thing, and I, I did talk about it here on the show, where this thing had come up onto the porch of this home in Madeira. And um, they described it as looking like a hyena, a huge hyena, actually. And uh, they did describe the head being very dog-like, but there were other aspects of it that just did not look like a dog. So uh, I don't know if it's the same thing, if there's a bunch of them in the area, but it is something that we are going to investigate. Well, let me take a look here if anybody's got any. I don't know what's going on with my uh, my chat thing here. But if there are any questions, uh, Vincent will put them up there and I'll look them over. So anyway, uh, the next the next encounter we have is maybe kind of related to the Chicago sightings, though it's different. Uh, this was in Orland Park, Illinois, where a woman described an encounter with a pterosaur-like creature that attempted to grab her small dog from the front yard. The creature's flight abilities were remarkable, as it was described to us. So. Um, she states, uh, I saw a flying creature last night, which was October 19th this year, in front of my house. I live in Orland Park, Illinois, and lived the same house for 16 years. I would see a coyote every couple, once every couple years in the winter and a few foxes here and there. Two months ago, I started to see a coyote-wolf hybrid creature at, at least twice a week, which is not normal. I'm unable to walk my dogs like I normally do because of this hybrid creature coming face-to-face -face with me and chasing me away. Uh, actually, it may have been a koi wolf, but I don't know. The, the, her, she doesn't really specific on the description. So she states that last night I was with my dogs in the front only since I can't walk them around anymore. Now, one dog was leashed and the other one was grazing the grass a few feet away from me. And while I was standing, while I was standing on the porch, a creature with no fur, no feathers, brown grayish color, long legs, and an extra long tail, swept down in an attempt to grab my unleashed dog. The creature saw me and flapped its leather-like wings once, and wrapped its wings around its body in an attempt to conceal itself 
from me and glide it off. Uh, while gliding away, it dropped some liquid waste and a lot of it. It landed in the grass, so I wasn't able to see the color or texture of this uh, this being. It happened between 9.45 p.m. and 10 p.m., and she said she was super freaked out. Well, anyway, I contacted the witness. Uh, you know, she, I, I received a phone call with, actually, I contacted her, then she called me. She has lived in her home in the neighborhood along 123rd Street and across from the Cap Sawyers Holding Nature Preserves, for those people who know the area. Uh, the winged creature swooped down in an attempt to grab her small older dog while I was in the front yard. The witness reacted to the attempt, and the creature immediately retracted its long legs after seeing her. It flapped its wings once, ascended, and wrapped the wings around itself. As it did so, it defecated and glided off. Now, you know, that's interesting because we have heard before with, with the winged humanoid sightings that these beings have an ability to, to fly, glide, or whatever without use of the wings. And apparently this creature had some similar type of ability that was able to uh, locomote somehow uh, or able to jettison itself without using the wings. Well, anyway, her description was somewhat similar to a pterosaur, even though the total beak length was concealed by the wings. Uh, it had a very distinctive, long, thin tail with a spade-like structure at the end. Now, she described the wings as leather-like and shaped like a manta ray, approximately five feet wide each, total 10-foot wingspan. The body was grayish-brown in color with smooth skin. It made no noise other than the flapping sound. I explained to her that the overall regions known historically for pterosaur and thunderbird sightings, as well as the, you know, the winged humanoids. Now, of course, anybody familiar with the Longdale encounter where this large bird-like creature attempted to pick up a young boy uh, and, and actually did grab him and carried him for a small distance. But that's a pretty well-known phenomenon that actually happened in Illinois as well. So, and you know, Illinois, Indiana, and some parts of Wisconsin have been well known for these Thunderbird and Pterosaur-like sightings, even before these winged humanoid sightings started going on. It's a historical thing. I mean, it, it, you know, uh, some of the native peoples had even talked about it and, and had drawn pictographs and such of these beings. So um, are they real? Are they spirits? I don't know. But uh, it, it is a well-known, it is a well-known cryptid. Um, let's see, we have a, uh, uh, Vincent wants to know, do you think there's a breeding population of these winged cryptic? Very well could be. Um, it, it just seems unusual that they keep showing up in these same areas. Um, uh, but you know, as again, are we talking about some type of, um, ultra terrestrial, some type of interdimensional being? Or are these creatures that you know, that are able to be in the area that do breed. Uh, I don't know. It, it, it's hard to tell. But um, it's, um, this was an interesting sight. And that's, that that graphic that Vincent put up there is is very close to what she described uh, as to what it looked like. So, uh, you know, we get these pterosaur, pterodactyl, 
relic sightings a lot. So are we really dealing with uh, some type of dinosaur from the past or something that still lives on? It's, it's hard to tell. So um, this, next, this next report, a group of friends in North Louisiana is riding around when they spot two huge wolf-like creatures both running on all fours, then bipedally. They were shocked by the sighting. Now, the witness tells me I have lived in North Louisiana my whole life and grew up on a large cotton farm that my father owns. My mother is of Cherokee descent, so I was always raised to believe in things that most Americans think are imaginary. Now, my sighting happened in the early 1990s. It was February, and our hunting season had already ended a month before. So animals were back to not being hunted and less scared of people and cars. Now, my friends and I were out riding around the farm trying to see some big buck or a deer that made it through the season to hunt next year. Well, it was starting to get dark, and we were heading back to town to hang out with friends. Now, it's a 20-mile ride or so from my house, so we had just pulled out onto the road. Now, maybe two miles or so, we saw something running out of a cotton field. Now, I remember saying, oh, what the hell are those? And it, like, it was two huge dog-like animals running on all fours, but something sometimes on two legs. Also, they both jumped the whole two-lane highway like nothing, like nothing to it. Uh, now, when I say these things were running, I mean they were probably going sixty mile an hour. It was, it was amazing. I remember saying they kind of looked like the hellhounds from the movie Ghostbusters. Now, my friends agreed with me as soon as I said that. Now, these creatures had huge upper bodies, but their waist to their butt were kind of small. Or maybe that's just the way it looked that when it was running so fast. It was a very strange sight. Now, both of them had wolf-like heads with black fur. And they did go up on two legs. And they both were well were eight foot tall. Now, I remember the woods on the other side of the field were like 400 yards away. And they made it to coverings simply in seconds. We all were like... What the, you know, what the hell? And um, we immediately turned around and go back to my house. Now, when we got home, we ran into the house screaming at my mother. Guess what just happened? She was telling us to calm down and speak one at a time. Well, anyway, uh, we told her what we had saw, and um, she kept saying some strange Cherokee name for these animals. I eventually stopped talking about it because people were making fun of us. I remember later asking my mom about the dog creatures, and I wish I could remember how she to say and spell the name she called them. But, you know, that's my story. So, anyway, that's the last report. But that is interesting because we have had, you know, in Louisiana, of course, we, we get a lot of these, especially in the southern part of Louisiana, down into the bayou area, we get a lot of these Lucaroo sightings or possible werewolf or strange cryptic canine so i don't know what that was um james says have you ever heard of one of these creatures successfully carrying off a person i guess he's talking about the winged humanoids no not that i know of i i do remember i do did have a um a sighting report 
It wasn't in the United States. It was in a it was in a a Latin country. I forget the name of the country, where somebody had observed one of these beings similar to this with possibly a human in its clutches, flying away with it. That's the only one I've ever heard of that I was convinced may actually have been true. Anybody got any other questions here to answer? <laughs> well, anyway, uh, I, I, I do appreciate you all coming in tonight and listening to this. Um, we, you know, for me being out and, um, being in a hospital and everything, having surgery, I, I haven't gotten a lot of actual reports, so I didn't have a whole lot to choose from. Though, I, I like I said before, now last time I did this, I was reading, I read some of my book. I read some encounters or some sightings and incidents from my book. And I may actually do that once in a while as well. I've had some pretty interesting investigations in the past including one in particular that in, involved a uh, remote view. So maybe I'll talk about that the next time. Uh, let's see. we got another question here from Bernadette. Any werewolf stories off the top of your head? <laughs> oh, God. That's kind of a loaded question. You know, I don't know if the wearable phenomena is real or not, or people actually. Uh, can they transform into these beings? You know, not really. I, 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 you know, I hear a lot of different things, especially with the, um, the Dwayo sightings and some of the, the dogman sightings and upright canine sightings that we've had here in this part of the country, uh, Pennsylvania, Maryland. And so, uh, some people call them werewolves. Some people believe that's actually what they are. I don't necessarily believe that's what they are, but, um, you know, there are different aspects of these beings that do look, uh, Almost like they could be humanoid to some some degree. Uh, where do they come from? I don't know. Are they interdimensional? Are they ultra terrestrial? I, I think most cryptids are interdimensional. So I think these may very well be. And um, uh, you know, I just don't I just don't see the proof to where they're actually indigenous beings. Uh, like I've said before, I, I think there are some Bigfoot. Uh, groups in some parts of the country and some parts of North America where they are indigenous. But as far as these these canines, I, I don't know. I, it's hard for me to imagine that there, there are uh, areas, though that's something that we are looking into. You know, this Berks County, this Berks County encounter, and uh, which Matt Hyrak had, Hyrak had, had talked about, he's done a lot of investigation in it. And there may be a possibility that they, they may very well be indigenous to some degree. Maybe he believes they're underground dwellers to some degree. And, uh, you know, it does seem a lot of the, the times where in areas where these things are seen, they do seem to be underground areas, caverns and such. So that's something we're looking into. Uh, has anyone ever mapped sightings for a pattern? Yeah, we've. I, I do have the... Uh, the Pennsylvania upright canine dog man sighting, uh, the reports we've seen, I do have it on a map. Uh, if you go to the website, you can find a link to it. Uh, 
I don't know, and James, I don't know about werewolves, but I know the Upper Canyons are 100% here in our backyard. And I know he's got, he lives in Greene County, Pennsylvania. <clears throat> he's had two personal encounters himself. So, um, yeah, uh, he's totally convinced they're around. And of course, he's had physical encounters with them, literally shot one of them. Um, GM80 asked, anything new from Chicago Mothman? No, we we did a show last week with, uh, um, uh, with Tobias and uh, Manuel, there have been a few sightings. Nothing really major. Uh, we have had sightings in the Bensonville area again. It seems to be the hot area, though it's very close to the airport. So, uh, if you might want to go back and listen to that show, uh, we detailed a lot of uh, some of the sightings that we have received, and in fact, he um. Manuel has a few that he's working on right now. So there are settings, but as far as the details and 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 what the witness described, I, I really don't know yet. I, I have to wait till he gets it all, all fleshed out. Um, most of these settings were from Hispanic uh, witnesses, and he's trying to do the translations and, and get her in up to speed as far as that goes. So that might take a little bit of time. Any uh, overbuilt automotive, anyone ever reported cryptid physical evidence and before you get to see something happen, the thwart efforts. It's rare. Um, you know, the only physical evidence that we usually get are, are prints. Uh, maybe we will get a photograph. I don't really know if that's physical evidence, but uh, prints are about the only thing we do get. That's why I think there are some supernatural aspects of these creatures for the most part. And uh, because of that, I think that um, it's going to be hard to get evidence. Uh, just like the Bigfoot, you know, we've had, we have thousands and thousands of Bigfoot sightings every year. And have we ever found any real physical evidence to prove their existence? Though many people have seen these things, have had encounters. I had an encounter back in 81. I totally believe that was a Bigfoot. Um, so, um, yeah. So, you know, as far as physical evidence, it's all subjective, I suppose. But um, hopefully we're going to get more, you know. As technology increases and, and it starts to be more refined, maybe we'll come up with something. Um, but uh, till then, you know, we're kind of out there grasping at straws and, and uh making a lot of theories and a lot of conce uh, conjecture about all these cryptids. Uh, so, uh, you know, we do the best we can, but who knows? So folks, I want to thank you for coming here um, on here and listening to me tonight. Uh, if you have an unexplained encounter sighting, feel free to contact me with the Phantoms of Monsters blog site. Um, you can, Always contact me at lawnstricklerfamsandmonsters.com. Uh, thanks for watching and chatting. Um, and again, please like, subscribe, and share. Uh, and as far as comments go, please, if you want to go back and leave comments, I, I, I very much appreciate it. I, we're always, we always like to know what you have to say and what you think about what we present to you. So this Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific time, uh, I'm going to present paranormal author and cryptic researcher Carol Scott to the pr program. Uh, 
we'll be discussing Asian and Oceania cryptids, which is a little bit different. Uh, then at 11 p.m. Eastern and 8 p.m. Pacific on A Paranormal Life, Bernadette will be talking with our very own Vincent Richardson about his upcoming show, which will also be presented on Fams of Monsters Radio, and a few other bits of high strangeness and conspiracy. So until then, stay healthy and have a safe, enjoyable week. Good night.